This morning we're going to spend some time talking about our story. If you have purchased uh, the story book or some of the accompanying pieces that go with it, one of the things you may have read in there is they talk a bit about an upper story and a lower story. And this upper story is about God and how He is real and He is present and He is working on our behalf. It speaks of heaven as breaking into the world more than we really recognize at times. And the story of God seeking love, perpetual grace, and longing for relationship with ordinary people just like us. It's actually a breathtaking story. But there's also this lower story. It's very much the story that we are a part of because we live on this earth. But because we live on this earth, this lower story has mistakes. There's times when we resist God's love, that upper story. Sometimes we get so buried in the lower story as we forget the magnitude, the magnificence of the upper story. But what the story is about, God's grand story, is the collision. And that's often what it is. It's the collision of the upper story and the lower story. God seeking to invade our lives so that we would turn to Him. Today we're going to spend some time talking about that collision. We're going to talk and we're going to celebrate. We're not under a tent, so it's going to be a little bit different feel. But today is about celebrating with a woohoo. Melissa King, or any other sort of amen about how God is bringing his story and our lower story together in our story, our collective story, which is made up of individual stories of things God is doing in our lives. People that are sitting right next to you, whether you knew it or not, that God has invaded their life and they are letting him, they are allowing him and they are serving him. And so we're going to celebrate this morning about our story. Now, our story is not bigger than God's story. It's a part of God's story. And every single one of us is intended to be a part of it. My prayer and and my plead with God is that He would use the stories of what's already taking place in this body of believers, and it would inspire us and motivate us. Not just for a rah-rah to move forward, but for some deep conviction and deep burden to be the people of God that he's called us to be. Ephesians chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to go there. And just so you know, we don't have scripture and stuff because we were planning on being under the tent, but thanks to Regina for getting a few things up for us. But I want to read this passage of scripture as we move forward this morning. It says... Consequently, again, this is Ephesians chapter 2 in verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Verse 21, in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. 
And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives in his spirit. What this, these verses capture that I love is very much the values and the strategy of how we have decided as ECOB that we want to move forward as a church. It talks about this connection that we have with God and with others. The fact that we are members of God's household. We aren't foreigners anymore. In receiving Jesus Christ, we are citizens. And there are blessings with that. There are privileges, but there are also responsibilities. But it also talks about that none of that is our own, is ourself. It starts with Jesus Christ as the capstone, as the cornerstone. You have heard me say, and we will continue to say, that Jesus is head of this church. Jesus is the one who is going to lead us. But because of that, we can experience a personal relationship with him. And all the while what God is doing in connecting us together and building us together as this passage of scripture talks about, what he is doing is he is not just bringing us together for some nice little cause. No, he's bringing us together to impact people, people who don't know him, to make a difference in this community and around the world. And so this morning we're going to celebrate the stories, just a few of the stories of how that's happening in ECOB. I want you to know, I want you to believe that God has ordained something for us, church, and that he is already working, and that we have just begun to experience, to connect, to grow with one another, and to impact this world. Now, I don't know about you, but I get tired sometimes, and I know you do as well. But there is no greater mission than the one he's charged us with. There is no greater calling, not worth anything else than what he has called us to. And all of our desires, all of our hope, all of our needs, all of the things that we yearn for that we don't even really know about, that are deep in our gut, God fulfills when we follow his calling individually and collectively. So I want us to celebrate this morning. We're going to stand and worship again a little bit more through song, but I want us to celebrate. And when you hear a story this morning that impacts you, you hear something, a quote from a fellow member of ECOB, that I want you to feel free to say amen. I want you to feel free to say hallelujah. I want you to feel free to say thank you, Jesus, because we are going to celebrate. We are going to celebrate our story, and the beauty of it is it's just the beginning. Father God, as we worship this morning, as we celebrate you, God, I would pray, I would pray that every one of these stories would not just be things where we would just pat ourselves on the back, but in every story we hear this morning is that, God, you would remind us of who you are, remind us of how you have changed us. And you would remind us that you are to have all of the glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone said, amen. Let's stand and worship some more. Experience, connect, grow, and impact. They hang on a wall out there. They're in your bulletin every week. But none of that means anything if they are not lived. And it's not because these particular words are something overly spiritual aside from what Scripture says. 
No, just in the verse we read about, these values, these strategies are who we are becoming as God's representation of the church specifically here at ECOB. The first one, experience. James 4.8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. One of the things that we pray for often is that people would draw close to Christ. Not some particular message or some particular pastor or some particular leader or just some particular person, but to Jesus Christ alone. And so you find, you have noticed, you will have experienced the reality of God through Jesus Christ as a part of ECOB. We don't do it perfectly. We don't do any of these things perfectly. But it is a marker for us, a marker to move forward. Because what we see in Scripture is over and over again, God, we've been studying it, especially in the Old Testament over these last weeks, God seeks to be present. God seeks to make himself known. And you've heard us emphasize more than ever that our time of worship is not just about one particular thing except for Jesus. It's about meeting God, meeting Jesus Christ in our worship. And sometimes that happens in a song that touches your heart. I was talking to Brian Duncan this morning as music was playing, and it was a song from the mid-90s that was playing before we, we started our worship and, and I don't remember what song was playing, but it took me back to those early days of when I accepted Christ, and it brought to mind people who invested in me deeply. It, it reminded me of those early moments in my walk with Christ when it was so incredibly overwhelming in a beautiful way. But God doesn't want that to happen just when we accept His Son. He wants that to be something that is a part of our lives. And he doesn't want any of these things, experience, connect, grow, or impact, to be something that open, only happens in the church building. Last year, last fall, we spent several weeks talking about circling. Circling, praying in a whole new way. Not that we didn't, weren't doing a good job before, but it was a new emphasis for us as a church. One of the things that absolutely brings joy to my heart is when I hear you all say, we need to circle that. I hear it all the time. I heard it last Monday night in the board meeting. One of the elders said, that's something we need to circle. I heard it yesterday. Someone jokingly said, while we need rain, we know that there was circling going on around that tent. Yes, there was. We are becoming a church of deeper prayer. But I want to tell you that we can't let up. We have to experience God through prayer in newer ways than ever. But last year, we, we totally covered these walls in prayers. Do you remember that? If not, if you weren't here with us, if you weren't a part of ECOB, we had, we had these sheets, one of which you have in your bulletin this morning, that were just covered, hundreds of sheets. And there were prayers, big, bold, audacious, ridiculous prayers. Some, most, that talked about salvation. 
I took the box home of them this week, and I started to look through them again. Dee and Sarah were sharing with me how they were looking at them a little bit as they got them out this week. And oh, what incredible things we have been praying for. Salvation, where parents were praying salvation for their children, their kids. Wives who were praying salvation for husbands. Husbands who were praying for salvations for their wives. Kids who are praying for salvations for their parents and their grandparents. Friends who are praying for salvation for their friends at school. There were prayers on physical healing. There were prayers of freedom from addictions like drugs, like alcohol, like financial bondage, like anger, like depression and fear. They littered the walls. There were prayers for spiritual maturity and healing, starting in families, starting with individuals. Some of those crying out to God, God change me, God work in me so that I can lead my family. There were prayers for marriages. There were prayers for this church that we would grow, not only spiritually but numerically, and our impact would be greater. There were prayers and continue to be prayers for community, this community, our country. But there was also these prayers for courage, some very specific prayers for courage where men were praying that they could be the courageous spiritual leader in their family. There were prayers to be bold in their work environments, at school, on a sports team. One particular prayer prayed, let me, as a captain of my football team, let me be a spiritual leader. There was prayers that people would find joy and strength. And the incredible thing is that there weren't just prayers in those circles to get out of that stuff. There were prayers to be joyful, to be faithful through those things. And then there were prayers to hear God's voice. Prayers where people poured out their heart and said, God, I want to hear you. God, I want, I want to seek you more than ever, and I want to experience you. There was one particular prayer. In fact, I'm going to invite Pastor Josh and Jackie out. One particular prayer. Maybe you remember it. It said Swaziland on it. It was over there. I remember exactly where it was. So I'm going to give Jackie and Pastor Josh a moment to talk about the experience that Jackie walked through leading up, starting with that bold, courageous prayer. Oh yeah, that's, that's the mic you're supposed to use. <laughs> so, Swaziland. Why was Swaziland such a big dream? Um, well, first of all, I had to do a little convincing on my parents' part. <laughs> <laughs> um, Eventually, of course, they did let me go, um, and they were excited um, for that experience as well. Um, it also, the price tag was large. It was 5000 over $5,000, not including a plane ticket to Georgia and all the stuff I would need to get. So that was, it was kind of scary, and the whole time I did have to trust God through that, like, a lot. Um, and he showed up in huge ways through that. Um, through all of you guys, you gave so much um, as far as prayer. Um, over me and just finances, 
you guys blew me away with that. So again, I just want to thank you so much. Um, and I will try to send out letters and stuff about what I did do. So. Yeah. Um, and, and hopefully at some point we're going to be able to put a video out of, of all, the, all of your, maybe not all of your experiences, but as many experiences as we can think about. Um, you, you were talking about some of the ways that God has answered prayer, but something, we're talking about experience. How did you experience God in those answerings of prayers? But, and maybe even more specific, how, how did God exceed some of those expectations? Gosh, I, there are just so many ways. Um, again, with finances, he exceeded that. I had more than enough. Um, I was able to, I didn't really have to spend much at all on um, a plane ticket to the base where training camp was. I didn't have to um, use my own money or my parents' money to um, get any like backpacks or supplies that I needed, which was amazing. Um, because I wasn't really anticipating that. I was just like, I'm just going to have to get a job or something. Um, but God, God definitely, I will get a job. But, <laughs> but God definitely exceeded those expectations. Um, and I think when you put him in a little box and say, oh, well, he's only going to raise this much every month, um, you can't really limit him. He, yeah. He's like, no, I'm going to give you more enough, more than enough. Um, and he definitely did. Um, even when we were in Swaziland, there were just so many prayers that he answered. Um, one night we were under like crazy like spiritual warfare. There was just a lot going on, and he showed up like right away. Like as soon as we went to him, he was just like, "I'm here. That's cool. <laughs> you need me, and I'm here." So, just in so many ways, he just I don't know. It's just it's crazy when you just look back, and I've looked through my journal and just seen all the ways. And sometimes you forget, um, but when you look back. Um, it's just, it's amazing how much that he does yeah. in such a short amount of time. Like, it's only been a year since I put that prayer up, and he's definitely answered in just yeah. some huge ways. Um, with all our teammates, just even in finances, there was a girl who raised, like, all the money she needed in, like, a couple days, which is insane. Wow. Um, so he just, he showed up time and time again. Um, just many ways, even in Swazi, there was a girl we were praying over, and um, she had gotten some spices in her eyes. She was like two and a half years old, and she was like on the mat. She was she couldn't see anything, and so we were praying over her. And then like 30 minutes later, she just gets up and starts playing again. Um, cool. And just even with some of the kids that were sick, we just saw time and time again that God did show up, and He was like, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna give you a little piece of um, heaven yeah. on earth. And He just He just miracle after miracle, He was. Well, there are so many stories I know you have for us. I want to encourage each of you, uh, maybe not all at the same time coming together, but definitely stop Jackie and just ask about her trip. Ask about what, what she experienced, um, because I know she has an incredible story to tell um, that of how, how God and his grand story and her story have collided. And, and so make sure you, 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 you make some opportunities to, to talk to her and see how she experienced God in this past month. This would be the point that we celebrate, okay? So let's thank the Lord for that. Thank you, Jackie. That's weak, but it's your first shot. So we got many more here before the morning's done. There are so many stories. This is just one. Stories where I know those circles were laid out and, and they were, there, were, there were cheers on those sheets. There were hearts that were completely broken before God as we prayed. 
as you know, every one of those circles was prayed for multiple times. I still have two on my desk that I am praying for. I hope you still have some that you're praying for. I hope you continue to draw circles. Perhaps you need a pad of paper at home that you need to have circles on, and you need to be ready at any moment's notice to write a name or to write a circumstance or to write a bold, audacious, big prayer. You know, one of those prayers was that we would sell that building on Baird Street. It's sold. Yes. We have to continue as a church to place emphasis on worship and prayer. I'm not going to apologize to say, well, I know everybody's busy. If you can't come to worship, it's okay. We have to worship God. We cannot settle for that. And if you're not here on a Sunday worshiping God, then you need to be worshiping God somewhere, someplace. We need to continue to raise up the sacraments of communion and baptism because that's what the people of God do. Not because they're empty rituals, but because life transformation takes place and we experience the reality of Jesus Christ in those moments as well as many others. But you, the church, in practicing your spiritual disciplines at home, on vacation, wherever you may be, of praying, of reading scripture, of studying his word, of fasting. We have to be a church marked by those things. We can't simply be a church marked by a great program here or a great program there. The world does not care about that. The lost and hurting world want to know why our Jesus is so incredibly beautiful. And they will experience that. They will learn that and know that as you walk with your Lord, as Jesus becomes personal in greater ways than ever. None of you, none of us, I have not walked with Jesus from this point in my life like I ever have because I've never been at this point in my life. Some of you are incredibly mature in your faith, but don't stop. Continue to seek Him. I want the things of this church to be marked by nothing else and no other way to be explained except for that was God. If everything we do can be explained by what an elder decision was or a financial statement looked like or a certain ministry program that tons of people poured their heart into, if all of it can be explained by human reasoning and judgment, I question, are we following God with all of our heart and all of our faith? All of those things matter. So one of the ways we're going to walk forward, we're going to continue to walk forward, is we're going to keep circling. So I want you right now, I want you to pull out of your bulletins. I'm going to ask for some of the ushers to come up. There are markers in different rows under end chairs. And so if you have a pen, then you use a pen. That's fine. But we're going to circle some more prayers. And so um, if you need a sheet, probably going to have to share some of those markers Raise your hand, and the guys, you guys have some. There's some more up here. And we, and, and, uh, we need three up here for these guys. I got mine. I need a pen, too. And, and, and a couple markers. So here's what I want us to do. These, these can be anonymous. You, you don't have to put your name on them. But we're going to collect more circle prayers. 
We, we have to be praying for big and bold and audacious things. And so I'm going to remind you, first of all, be specific. Be as specific as you can about what you want to pray for. And then also, make it big. If it's something that you can accomplish, it's not big enough. Make it big. And then lastly, dream. I know those things that hit us right here and now, and if that's what you need to write down, then write it down. But maybe you're thinking too small. You know, that's how we get stuck in the mire of the lower story, is we think small. So I want us right now to enter into a time of prayer. And here's what we're going to do. After you're done writing those, either you, and I would encourage it to be you, but if, if, if you're not able, hand it to, to someone next to you. And I want you to bring those, all of those prayers up, and I want you to just to lay them either on the front of the platform or on um, the altar benches. As an act of giving to God and trusting Him in faith. Okay? And then we're going to find in some future weeks some ways to get these out to be praying together. God changed us last fall when we started circling in new ways, didn't He? Not only individually, but collectively. So, Father, as, as we continue to seek to live into our story that is so woven into your grand story, I pray that as, as these bold, audacious prayers are laid out, is that, God, you would help us dream. God, give us faith. Lord, meet us right now, individually and collectively, as we offer these to you. So write those prayers out. When, when you're done, I want to encourage you to come up and offer those and lay those up here at the altar. Connect. Hebrews 10, 25, 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some in the ha- are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Something happens when fellow believers get together, where two or more are gathered in his name. There's something that happens when others who have not made a commitment to Christ are surrounded by Christ's followers. It's an opportunity for us to reveal the heart, the spirit of Christ living in us. Connecting with others in a community of faith is a marker, is a value, and a strategy of ECOB. We live in an individualistic society where everybody says, do what you want to do and what makes you happy. I've yet to find that in in Scripture anywhere. So we have to be intentional about connecting with others because life with God was never intended to be done alone, ever. We need one another. We need the church. We need to spur one another And that's not real comfortable at times. But God will weave all of that to unite us, and he will build us together, as we read about in Ephesians. This past summer, there were a group of students 
that Pastor Josh and Amanda took to a challenge conference. And I had heard the story about this one particular young lady who was a very meaningful time for her, as it was for all. And I said, would you be willing to share a little bit, write a little bit of something about how that experience taught you about connecting with other believers? She says this, simply being present in Christ will allow His Spirit to flow out of you with peaceful ease. Now, I started there and that blew me away. This is a teenager. I noticed this peaceful flow of God's love through my peers at Challenge. As Christ began to move in us, we began to impact one another. The discussions became deeper and the bond became tighter, building together. We became a family. The glue that held us all together was Christ, which is the strongest glue ever. We are created to be a family, she says. God demonstrates the family by having a, a relationship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I've watched in this church, especially in the last year, watched you all reach out and connect in new ways. Statistics show over and over and over again, people come to church and are a part of a family of faith, not just on Sunday morning, but as we do what we do as a church to grow disciples. Statistics show very strongly that that happens not by a mailer. That happens by not some beautiful banner. That happens because you and I make those connections. And we reach out and we invite people. It has been wonderful to watch, even in recent weeks, as I've heard stories where some of your families have embraced some individuals and said, we want you to come to church with us. We want you to come and we want you to experience Christ, but we want you to connect with people that we know and love. People come to know Christ because of our ability to connect with them. We may wish it was a different way, particularly introverts wish that maybe there were other means. God uses introverts as much as He does extroverts to connect. But I will tell you, and one of the purposes of our time this entire weekend, one of the things I absolutely love observing is the connections that take place. I watch people step in and serve with others. Yeah, to help us accomplish what we wanted to accomplish in a picnic, in a, in a concert, in a movie night. But even more than that is that there are relationships being built. Because there's not one of us who hasn't walked into this building or out of this building on a Sunday, and at some point, somewhere along the way, the devil has tried to, tried to get us to buy the lie that we're all alone in walking and following Jesus. It's not true. And so he wants to keep us apart. He doesn't want us to feel like or to think or to know the stories, our story that is going on. Just like this morning illustrates, I cannot possibly share all these stories. But you know what? It's not mine to share. Some of them, yes, but they're yours to share. 
I implore you to continue to reach out and build those relationships and encourage them to be a part of this family faith because there is something beautiful and special ground in Jesus Christ taking place in this body of believers. I've watched people in one another groups. I ex- just a few weeks ago, I was standing up here and I was talking to a young man that had only been in this church two weeks. And someone walked up to him and said, hey, I want to know if, if you and your friend decided to be a part of our one another group. So what happened was, is the first week these, this couple was here, is someone approached them about their one another group and said, uh, we want you to join us. And they didn't know them. That's the kind of connections that we have to continue to make. We've talked about it a lot, and that has to be a mark of this church. And let me tell you, every church thinks they're friendly. And most churches are friendly, but friendly isn't the goal. The goal is to connect on a deeper level. Everybody can serve donuts. Everybody can say hello, but there's deeper things in connection that God is calling us to. And part of that is in sharing our stories. Guest Ministries just last week had a training where where they talked about George and Valerie Glaze, our guest ministry directors, they led the staff, the volunteer staff, in how their goal, their focus has to be that they connect with people, not in obnoxious and overwhelming ways, but to recognize and acknowledge and make those connections, all for one point, and as for them to meet Jesus Christ. Is that worth an amen? Okay. I hope so. we got to be a church marked by hearts that are willing to do that. And I know some of you may say, I don't know how to do that. Hey, just share your story. Just introduce yourself. Make it a point every Sunday that you go somewhere in this building and say hi to somebody that you don't know. They may have been going here longer than you have. It's okay. But get to know them. That's why these one services are so important. Because it's important for us to come together in unity and get to know people that attend another service. We have to get connected. We have to stay connected because God will use that to unify us under Jesus Christ. And when we connect, you know what happens is we ultimately grow. If Jesus is the focus of that, as we connect, we will grow. And that is our third value. 1 Peter 2.2 says, Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. we got to grow. we got to continue to grow. God's provided the tools for us in his word. He's given us the connections with other believers. And what I see happening, the rumbling in this church, excuse me, is that there is growth taking place. Growth taking place. One particular um, woman who has attended the Women of Worth Bible study, I had heard about her story, and so um, she couldn't be here today. She emailed me. I said, tell me what that's been like for you as you have grown, because the cool thing is she didn't say, hey, I've grown. What I heard from other women who were around her said, she's growing. God is doing a work, and she's allowing that to happen. She says... Being with a small group of women, studying God's Word, having the accountability to study and dig deeper for understanding, to listen, and in all caps, and hear others' perspectives, adding to it a lot of prayer. It all produces a growth in faith 
and love for my sisters in Christ. That helps, she says, me thrive in my Christian walk. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to help each other thrive. I see that happening. She says, praising God and thanking Him that we have the freedom to openly worship and study our Almighty God. I know there's story after story of that from women's Bible study, from men's Bible study, from small groups where groups have intentionally said, we're not just going to get together to have a nice sort of group. We're going to grow. That's the model of small groups we want to follow. But have you noticed what's happened in these 15, 16 or so weeks we've studied the story? There's not a week that goes by that I have not heard somebody say how our overview of this grand story of God is impacting their story. And it's changing them. It's changing you. It's changing us. And it's because we've decided at this season, again, to focus Many of you have been reading the story. We sold like 80 to 90 books of the story. And it's not because it was a profit thing. The point is, is that it's because people have chosen, you all have chosen to engage in that. And God is shaping us. He's growing us. And, and what's, what's so funny and so incredibly uncomfortable is he's, he's pushing us in some ways. He's challenging us with some things. There's a young man that came to me a few weeks ago. In fact, I was out talking in the gathering area. This man's in his, young man's in his mid-20s. And I could tell he was kind of hovering. He wanted to talk with me. So I had, was in a couple conversations. I finished, and I just turned, and I said, well, you know, is there something you, I can help you with? And we sat down, and he said, um, I've been attending ECOB here now for uh, maybe about a month, a few weeks to a month. And he said, God's really, really kind of messing with me. And, and he said, in fact, today, he said, I left. And he said, I headed home. He doesn't live here in Eaton. He said, I left. And he said, I had to turn around and come back. Of course, I smiled instantly because I'm thinking, you're being obedient. And he came back and he said, I'm not sure why, but he said, I wanted to talk to you. And basically through our conversation, he had talked about accepting Christ as a high schooler, and he said, you know what, I really walked away from God. He lowered his head as he said it. He said, but God is really speaking to me right now, and he couldn't even describe what that really meant, except the fact that God was tugging at him. And I said, would you like to recommit your life to Christ? And he said, yeah, I would. So I prayed right there with him. Just a few weeks ago, several weeks beyond that, he came up to me after a Sunday morning service, and he said to me, he said, um, could I have a Bible? He said, I have a Bible. I had a Bible, but he said, I I'm not sure where it's at. And he said, I I'd like one. I heard you talk a little bit about some Bibles that are a little more friendly to study. So I walked back there with him. We got an NIV study Bible, and I just shared with him a little bit. The point is, is that there are people like you who are coming into this church by no accidents, and they are wanting to know God more deeply. I had a mom come with me last week. Thank you, Joy. Last week, I had a mother come up to me. She's attended this church for a long time. She came back. She said, I haven't been here in a while. Again, she lowered her head because she didn't like that, but she told me that. And then what she said is she said, I, I've made a commitment to Christ. But I just, I'm not sure what to do right now. 
I, I need help as a parent. I need help to know how to live for God more. And I just don't know what to do. We are more like that woman than we think we are. Because all of us are at those points at times where we say, you know what, I've known Jesus for years, but right now I'm not sure what my next step is. And the point is, is that I get the incredible blessing and privilege of hearing a lot of those stories that maybe you don't. That's why experiencing Connect is so important, because those stories are going to be our story. They are our story. That woman who came up, that young man who came, that's not just his story, that's our story. Because you make the church, you are the church. People don't come to hear a preacher. That's not what keeps people at a church. It's the connections and the experiencing Christ and growing together. This new ministry, Etch Ministry, on, on Wednesday nights. I can't tell you how excited. And let me just tell you, I know that everybody's asking, we're not really sure what this is. It's okay. Take a step of faith. Come and be a part as we sit at a table and as we study multi-generationally, as we worship, as we play some games, as we take a topic each night, and we seek how to grow. It's going to be an incredible time. God wants us to continue to grow, and I'm thankful to be a part of a church where grow continues to happen. Share those stories as God's growing you. Don't be ashamed of them. We're going to enter into a time of offering. I'm going to invite uh, the ushers to come and receive the offering. You might say, well, why right now offering? One of the marks of this church, and I don't want this to sound... um, too business-like or anything else. But one of the things I continue to hear from people in this church, and, and your elders recognize this, is when there is a challenge laid out and there's a financial need, you all meet it. You do. When there is a missionary who has a need and it's made known, you all meet it. Now, finances are starting to look a little better, but we can't get comfortable with that because we're not done with our mission And so the reason I want us to do this now is because I want us to think about how we continue, and so many of you have given sacrificially. Take what God is doing in there and share that story about how God's grown you in that. Let's pray. Father, as we give, as we give of not just our finances, but God, as people continue to grow through giving of their time and their resources, use that, Father, to help us accomplish your mission to help us meet those who don't know you. So, Father, as we sing a song of worship and give, help us to do that with a cheerful heart. In Jesus' name, amen. If we as a church are living out the value and strategy of experience, if we are willingly, intentionally connecting with others, God will grow us And the ultimate result of that is our final value, and that's impact. I could talk for probably three hours on the stories. I'm not going to. Maybe. (laughs) Of all times, that's when I get it. Thanks, Dick. (laughs) Oh, uh, I'm glad that you feel comfortable enough to do that, Dick. That's good. Yeah, I know you do. 
impact. The stories are everywhere. They're all in these seats. And what I love is that the stories of impact I hear more and more happening are not just here. They are out there. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19 says, All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And that ministry is that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. You see, every ministry we do, every worship time we have, everything that comes from this body of believers is for the goal of helping people live into that reconciliation. God has reconciled you in Christ, and you have a beautiful story, which is a part of our story. And there are many stories awaiting to be told as we impact the world by demonstrating that love of Christ. It has never been intended to be something we keep. It's never intended, it is to call it a private faith. I question, is there a faith? Because our boldness, our courage, our audacity to dream has to come because of our immense love for Christ, which builds a love for others. This church has to be a beacon of light in a world full of darkness. Not because we have it all figured out and we have answers to everybody's questions. No, but because we know the one who does and we serve and live for the one who does. You see, we share the hope of Christ. Where there is sin, we have to share the message of reconciliation through Christ. Where there is suffering, we have to help with those injustices by carrying the burden of God and walking with people because God's always championing those causes. We just talked about that in previous weeks. We have to act on their behalf. One of the ways that impact has been demonstrated is through our second Saturday ministry. A great joy is coming out of that ministry And some of you, many of you have been involved in that. This year alone, um, 84 man hours, person hours, have been given by this church. 414 hours in the time we've worked over the last several years uh, have been donated to this community from this church through HIP Foundation and other Second Saturday projects. I don't know if you saw in June, mid-June, there was an article written And this is going to sound really self-serving, but no, this is for God's glory. And this is what a mark of a good church is all about. They said in an article written by the HIT Foundation, one of the most dedicated volunteer groups is the second Saturday program of the Eaton Church of the Brethren. Heidi Bortel, the senior home repair manager at that time, said, we at HIT know we can always always count on ECOB to be strong partners. Their consistent involvement with committee and volunteer service and even financial support has greatly increased our capacity to serve our seniors. They don't want recognition, she says, of us, but they do want others to follow their lead. We feel really blessed to be able to partner with ECOB and all those who have been so wonderful to work with. That's a woohoo! I mean, come on! That's such a good thing! Yes! And again, it's not because we want the pat on the back, but we want to point people to Christ. 
Luke 3.11 is another ministry. EC has contributed approximately 1,600 items, 1,600 to the food bank this year alone. Some of you, especially some of our senior adults, are the most faithful to giving to that ministry. There have been year-to-date through July, 1,083, which is about 2,700 people, have been served through the food bank. They are provided with three meals a day for four days each month. Year-to-date, the food bank has served over 32,000 meals. There's such a need. A really cool stat is that 20% of the volunteers which serve in the food bank, food bank on a regular basis, guess where they come from? They come from this body of believers. 20%. Yes, yes. I was talking in a visit a few weeks ago with a, a couple, senior adult couple from this church, and he shared with me how he served, and so has served in that. And so I asked him to write something. He said, approximately two years ago, a fellow church member and friend asked me if I would consider volunteering at the food bank with him. I accepted the invitation and have been working one day a week ever since. The food bank is, for me, a way to serve the community. I see it as a payback for my good fortune. I feel good about serving the clients as God has instructed us to serve one another. I get, isn't that cool? I get to assist those in need of food, something most of us take for granted. Not only do I receive joy and fulfillment from helping those in need, but I am also blessed to see how both individuals and the churches in our community are so generous in giving to the food bank and to help those. I am proud of our church, he says, and the amount of food and supplies that they so generously donate. Your donations are greatly appreciated. But if any of you have any time to donate, he says, the food bank is always in need of volunteers. Consider being a volunteer and you too will be greatly blessed. It's an impact, such a huge impact. I ask another individual, a family, this is a mother of a family, her and her family have started providing meals for the homeless shelter. And the homeless shelter provides a meal every day for the entire month, each month. And I will say that about 20 to 25% of those days every month are covered by people from ECOB. And again, I don't say that to pat ourselves on the back, but it's you living out Christ in your life in a very tangible way and impacting people. This mom says... We knew the logistics in taking the meal to the homeless shelter, but we didn't know the emotions we would feel. We entered to a clean environment and set up the meal we had prepared. We were greeted with gestures of appreciation. As we were leaving, a family was being checked in to the homeless shelter. The father, very pregnant mother, and two small children were waiting to come in for the evening. The meal we brought seemed too simple in comparison to the potential needs of this family. She says there's so many needs in our communities, but even a meal can make a difference. Praise God for all our opportunities to serve others. Isn't that cool? So beautiful. We have to continue to make an impact. This church has been known for that, out of our love for Christ, of impacting others. Two updates I want to give you as we close. The first one is this. This hope over heroin that I mentioned several weeks back, we had another meeting 
and the meeting about triple-sized in terms of, of churches who want to be involved in this and other organizations. And so we're continuing to work, continue to ask you to be praying about how perhaps we are going to be involved. One of my goals is that we will see a recovery program, at least one, come out of this church for people long-term who are dealing with heroin addiction and other addictions as well. It was beautiful sitting there the other night with other pastors and churches and organizations as we talked about this absolute epidemic in our community and how it is so, so bad. But again, that's the number one goal is that we help people meet Christ. Because what has been said is that God is going to be the one to overcome this. We simply have to be his vessels. I've also been meeting with another pastor in this community. And I, he and I have been talking about two things. And one of those is a combined Brethren Disaster Ministry trip, trip where his church, the church he pastors, the church I pastor, is that we are going to combine for a, a combination Brethren Disaster trip of specifically people from Eaton coming next uh, summer. But as we talked, one of the things we talked about is that what can we do here in our community? And so we are working and we're planning what's going to call, be called Love Eaton. Maybe you've heard it in the news in years past where churches in the community invade the community for a day and they serve that community. Love Orlando, love Wichita, love Dallas. It's been all over the country. And it's the churches, the people of God, standing up their stories and they invade the community for a day and just serve. And so he and I are working with the HIP Foundation, we're working with the city, and we are going to, on that day, our two churches and any other church that wants to be involved next spring, we are going to, we are going to take a Sunday morning, we're going to worship together as one church, and then we're going to go out and we're going to serve. Amen. We're going to go out and serve. And for those of you that say, well, I can't physically do that, then you have the most important role, and that is to pray for receptive hearts and to pray for people that can do that. Yeah. So there will be more coming because that's the impact God's called us to. That's the impact that we have to continue to move forward with. We are in uncharted territories as far as our culture is concerned. But we're not going to let up. The church is going to be stronger than ever. This church is going to be stronger than ever in experience, connect, and grow and impact. Not because what I'm going to do, not because any one of us are going to do, but collectively we're going to seek the Lord and He's going to lead us. And so let's be instruments of that because God has so much in store and I beg you, if you get nothing else from this day, but to, to recognize that your story, our story, is something that needs to continue to be shared. It's something that God will use to draw people to Jesus Christ. So I hope you're in, because we're moving forward, and I want us all to participate that in one way or another. And let's just wait and see what God does. It's going to be a beautiful thing. And we're going to see people come to know Christ. Let's stand and let's pray. I'm going to ask you to reach across the aisles and next to you and scoot together if you need to, but I want to invite you to, to grab hands with one another as we pray. So reach across. And then we will finish out in worship. Father God, as we join hand in hand, let it be a sign, but let it be representative of the unity that you are calling us to as a church under the headship of Jesus Christ. 
May it be representative of what you're calling us to as we, we gather with other churches in this community to make an impact. And may more than anything, may people know Jesus because of what you've done in us and what you desire to continue to do in us. Let, let us never be arrogant. Let us never be prideful or boastful except in you. And may all of the stories, may our story continue to be woven into your grand story. And may people know Jesus because of it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen. God's story is evident. He's made it known because he came from heaven to earth for us. And now we have our stories. And the question is, is how are we colliding with God and his story? Because it's in that collision that the world is changed forever. You see, the, the best example of the story, of God's story colliding with our story happened on the cross. It happened in the grave, and it happened when he came out of that grave. Yes, that is a woohoo. That's that's. And so may our stories continue to collide with the Creator's story. May our stories continue to interact with His, so that our stories combines can go into this world and tell this world what an amazing Savior we have—a Savior who changes lives. And may this church be a light that shares that story to the world.